we're in the first of three weeks on Welcome to the Family. Um, we've uh, run a few, over the last couple of years, with We Are Family. You would have seen that hashtag on the back of the T-shirts of our volunteers, maybe. You might not even have noticed. But um, we, uh, we worked on We Are Family for the last few years because we, wanted, we recognized the need for us to come together and see ourselves as the one unit, as the one people, to understand that uh, no matter what views we have on different things or, or where we come from or how long we've been here, or, um, we are one in Christ. We are one family. And this year, um, because of all the new people that have moved into the area while we've been sleeping or you know, while COVID's been on and we've been going online, uh, we shifted that to welcome to the family. Um, welcome to the family. That's our 2021 mantra. And so I'm just going to do three weeks to introduce that now. Um, now, uh, you might not feel like family here. Uh, when you look around, um, and this is half of us that are, that are here on a Sunday morning, it, well, it's a third of us because the other, uh, hi everyone online, because you're included in this mix too. Um, but there's a reason, there's, there's, a, there's a, okay, I know I'm family because the Bible tells me that, and then there's the experience of, wow, I'm in family because I feel that relationally. And I know that. And you may not feel that. Um, sometimes you've been with people for decades and that just it d- does something. Time together, it, sh- it does something to unite you. And that way, sometimes it does the opposite. You've been around for decades and you think, I've tried several times and I know that that's not going to work uh, with that person. Sometimes you're new. You don't feel like family. So I want to just go through what the Bible tells us about uh, how and why we're family. What, it, what is it that makes us family Um, and it starts here in Romans uh, 11 and 16 Paul's talking about those in Israel who um, get saved and he said and since it's through God's kindness it's not by their good works for in that case God's grace would be uh, would not be what it really is hyphen free and undeserved free and undeserved. So why are you welcome in our family and why am I welcome in our family? Has it got anything to do with how long I've been here or the colour of my skin or my socioeconomic status or my gender or my political affiliation or my good works or my faithful service or any of those things? Actually, it's got nothing to do with me. It's about grace. Grace that is free and it's undeserved. It's undeserved because I can't earn it and I can't deserve it. I can't ne- stand next to someone and say, well, I don't deserve it, but I deserve it a little more than they do. Um, and it's free too. I can't buy it. I can't purchase it. Um, and it's free. It's not free like, um, you know, some things are gimmicky free. Like if you buy this exercise machine that you'll never use, we'll also give you this video with the picture of someone you'll never look like on it you know kind of free it's not that kind of free and it's not free either like oh, i was in his bookstore and i saw this 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 book this treasure and i was just giving it away it was in the giveaway stand it was like free but i had to hunt for it and i just happened to be in a town that it's not free hidden like that either it's free like air is free it's free like the sunshine is free it's liberal and poured out and free grace so what is it 
That's a good question, especially when you consider how important it was to the Apostle Paul, who is the main protagonist in the second half of the book of Acts, and then author of 13 letters in our New Testaments. Um, Listen, this is every letter Paul wrote in the New Testament. Uh, I'm going to go through them all. (laughs) Just to start, in fact, one line from the opening of every letter. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace. Romans, 1 Corinthians. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace. 2 Corinthians. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace. Galatians. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace. Ephesians. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace. Philippians. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace. Colossians. May God our Father give you grace. 1 Thessalonians. May God give you grace. 2 Thessalonians. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace. 1 Timothy. I won't read them all. You get it? Every single letter. Uh, Philemon, it's 25 verses. He only wants to say one thing to this guy. And Philemon, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace. That's the start of his letters. Here's the end of it. Every single letter. Romans, may the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. 1 Corinthians, may the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. 2 Corinthians, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Galatians, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Ephesians, may God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Colossians, may God's grace be with you. And so on, all the way to Philemon again, which is one point. This is startling for me. And this is how he finishes it. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Here's the opening from Paul. Grace to you. Grace to you. This message is coming from God and it is grace to you. It is the undeserved favor of God to you. It is free to you. Grace to you. And then the content of those letters and then concluding now that grace be with you grace be with you grace to you grace be with you every single time there's a lot in the letters that Paul wrote and as you read through them uh, you can feel uh, Paul I don't know what your favourite letter is that Paul wrote um it fluctuates a little for me, but you can feel his, um, that he's discovered beautiful things about God that he wants to be able to communicate. Bursting with wonder, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ because we were chosen before the creation of the world to be holy in his sight and in love. He adopted us as his children. Like You could feel like um, that bursting from Paul. That's in, in Ephesians, in, in Philippians, in, or in Colossians. Christ is he's the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. He's like supreme. He has supremacy in everything. This is Christ in Philippians. But he, he, he humbled himself and, and he became obedient even to death. He, he emptied himself, it says, and he, and he came, became like us and he died for me. For me to reconcile me to God. And, and more than that, I've got his life and now his life is inside me. And I take that life to other people so they too can discover this truth. Paul's bursting with all of this truth 
about God and about Jesus in these chapters. And he says at the start, and he firmly understands that all of that content is what? Grace. It is grace to you. And he wants it to stay with you. Grace be with you as you comprehend these truths. Last year we did that, um, The Heights of Truth from Romans 8. I don't know if you remember that series, the Pinnacle series that we did. And the wow of the heights of truth that we have in Christ. It is stunning material, is it not, from God through Paul to us. And it's grace to us, free and undeserved. Um, You can also, um, in these letters from Paul, we get instructions for living. We get general instructions for living. Uh, Look, here's how to have a great marriage. That's grace to you. We have instructions about relationships. Here's how to love somebody well. Here's how to include somebody uh, rapidly. Here's how to not judge somebody. Here's how to show uh, mercy. Here's why and how to forgive. Those kind of instructions. That's grace to you. Also, there's rebukes in there. Stop doing that. <laughs> Don't hurt yourself like that. Like flee from sexual immorality. That's grace to you. And he wants grace to be with you. Um, there's also, in, in Paul's letters, as we've talked about a lot here, there is specific instructions for specific uh, you know, uh, people. So, uh, don't wear a hat. Uh, do wear a hat. Get circumcised. Don't get circumcised. There's specific instructions that apply to the context that people are in there too. In their situation, that is grace. It's God's provision for people so that they can know him. It's all of God. It's all of grace um, for our good. Um, Grace is God to me and to you and to you through me and to me through you. It's free. It's undeserved. Every good work we do empowered by the Spirit of God, is a product of grace. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, whatever I am now, whatever I am now, so you apply this to yourself, whatever I am now, it's all because God poured out his special favor on me. Whatever I am now, it's all because God poured out his special favor on me. And not without results. Does it sound arrogant to you? What I am now, it's because God put out his special favor on me, and look at me. <laughs> Not without results. For I have worked harder than all of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. And in Philippians 2, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. All our good works are outworkings of grace. If you're in a good marriage, if you're in your first marriage and it's a good marriage, is that because you worked hard? I mean, probably you worked hard. In fact, I'm pretty sure you have. (laughs) Um, But is it to your credit? Or is it just an outworking of God's grace in your life? This is what Paul's saying here. It's just grace. Like all the work that I do, all the work that I do, all the faithful service that I do, um, every time I turn up and when I didn't want to, every, every piece of love, the selflessness that comes from me, the fact that I'm here week after week after week, helping, playing, serving, 
Um, th- th- that I still love my kids after all they've done to me. You know, <laughs> all those faithful things that we feel like is just work. But you know what that is? It is God's favor to you, free and undeserved, that you can love. It is God's favor, free and undeserved, like the rain pouring or the sun shining. It is God in His grace, and it prompts from us just this. Uh, it should prompt from us this just uh, gratitude. God, wow. Wow, like, I love one of my favorite verses is Ephesians 2. I think it's, I can't remember whereabouts, what actual number it is, where, where he says, so that in all the coming ages, God can point to us as evidence of what? Of his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. That is, there's Pete and Lauren. Look at them. Look at how much they love. Look, look what my grace did. Now, when we do a funeral for someone, uh, I'm assuming that there's, you know. But for all of us, whatever God's done for our lives, whatever God's done for our lives, that is evidence of what? God. Not me. God. And my role in that is, is say, and not without results. Like, look at me. This is amazing what God has done in my life. Look at this community that I'm in. Look at this relationship that I have. It... it we should just rejoice that, that all, about all this grace that God has given us. But it's not to our credit. And here's the other benefit of this and help of this. What it, what it also does for us is it says, I am not better than anyone. I am not more deserving than anyone. There's no judgment in grace. And that's why we can just go, welcome. Welcome. Whoever you are. Uh, to the family. The problem for me, and probably for you too, uh, is that it's not only hard to get our head around, it's hard to get our pride around, if that made sense. Because we want to be worth something in ourselves. Uh, we like that we've got some merit. We, we our, our broken person inside us, our fallen person inside us, longs to compare with other people, you know, and, and say, I'm better than them. At least I'm better than them. That's our reference point. And the idea that actually I'm just swimming in something has been given to me free and undeserved, which is also just given to everybody else, and I'm rejoicing in that and not earning anything inside that, can be a little bit hard for our pride to handle, which is why Jesus said, if you, you know, anyone who doesn't come like a little child can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, I am, we just went on three weeks leave, uh, and I was pretty wasted uh, before we left. And I knew I needed leave, but the people around me really knew I needed leave. Uh, I was just, I was carrying a lot, and I was glad I had three weeks because I had a lot of, I had a list of things that I needed to work through with God. And uh, like I do, I categorized them because it helps me to process them. Uh, just the way my brain works. So, um, and I, I've got this little um, surf ski thing. It's like a kayak that you sit on top of. It's designed for the waves, but I just use it on the bay. And so we were down uh, in, at Arthur's Seat, staying down on the peninsula, and I was out on the water, 
and I'm having this chat with God. Okay, God, I've got three weeks. This is day two of our holiday. I've got three weeks, <laughs> and there's three things that I've got to get sorted out before the end of these three weeks um, that I can feel in my spirit that I want to just be able to process with you. Here's the first one. The first one is my own sin. Now, if you can't have a chat with God, a long chat about the consciousness of your own sin, then you, I'll help you because that's all of us, right? And, um, and the, the closer I get to Jesus, the more conscious I am of, of how much I need him in that space in my life. So there's the first one, God. I want to talk to you about uh, what I'm carrying in my own sin. And the second thing I want to talk to you about is um, the burden that I feel, because I've been here nearly 10 years now, and lots of people have been hurt because of my inexperience or my um, personality or something about me that has hurt people. I'm conscious of that burden, God, because I walk around town, I see people, and they look at me, and I feel like they're blaming me for wrecking something in their life, and it's hard. And I want to just process that with you, God, because I, I feel that weight or that responsibility, and is this bad, and have I done this? And oh, I'm just having this long chat with God about that. And the third thing, God, is... This is taking a wear and tear on me. That's why I'm tired because of all these people that take chips out of me and I just feel all worn out and, and like, you know, depleted because of the, the kind of birth. So they're my three things, God. One, two, three. Can we, can you, so that's what I want to process on this three-week break. And God yawned. I felt it. Oh. And just this, Danny, have you forgotten grace? So grace is complete and instant release of the weight of what you've done. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So that's point one. Gone. Have you forgotten grace? You know that burden you feel, that, oh, things are not right in life. It's nothing specific, but I just feel generally condemned or I'm kind of, I just, I don't know, I feel unsure of the future or I feel worried or I feel anxious or I feel that was point two. Um, Danny, have you forgotten Grace. Do you know what satisfaction is? It's not the result out there. It's not, it's, not the, it's not the approval of people. It's not the performance statistic. You know what satisfaction is? I'm a child of God. You know, satisfaction, fulfillment in this life is, is reconciliation with God, being whole this way. That's where our life is. That's where our hope is. So points one and two for me just went bang, bang, in, in just like a minute while I'm paddling out on my kayak. Now, caveat on that. Remember we did the uh, Habits of a Healthy Heart series? Because grace is not, you don't have to fix that thing that you did with, you know. If you hurt someone, then you should go and confess to them and ask for forgiveness. If, you, if someone has wronged you, you should forgive them. We talked about that. That's grace too uh, for your spirit. But condemnation, vague spaces, grace just, it covers that. 
It covers that. And I had forgotten grace. And you know what God did? He just went, Danny, have you forgotten grace? And then he said, can we just talk about the kingdom? And that was beautiful too, because grace takes you away from you onto what God's doing in your life and in other people's lives too. And I had three weeks of floating in my relationship with God, living in the moment, enjoying Him and understanding more of His grace. And what I want for us too is this space in relationship with God where we just know that we're children of God and we haven't forgotten grace. Now, sometimes I ask people how they, well, I often ask people how they're going with God. It's a prerogative that you have as a pastor. Uh, so I'm talking to people, um, how are you, how's your family? What's your relationship with God like? And I, sometimes I get answers like this. Well, it's complicated. Um, I don't know if you've ever felt like your relationship with God is complicated. Uh, sometimes it's complicated because I feel like I've disappointed him. I feel like I've done wrong things. I know they're wrong, but I kind of still want to do them, so I don't really want to talk to him yet. Because, um, Or I don't actually think they're wrong. I just think he thinks they're wrong. And um, so that's why it's complicated, because we have a disagreement. We have a difference of opinion. So that is, I think that God's opinion about this is different than my opinion about that. And so it's complicated. Uh, and God's going... Um, I know where your views come from. <laughs> I made you. I love you. I died for you. I'm not asking you to change your mind or throw out your brain. I'll listen to you as long as you want. We can talk about that stuff forever. I didn't die for your opinions, child. I just want you to come home. It's actually quite ridiculous for us to say, I will worship God as long as our opinions comply? Isn't it? One, because how often have you, you know, you know, because you've changed your opinion so often, you know you've been wrong before. That's the first reason, because right now I might not be right. And second reason is, who knows God? Like all of Him, who knows? None of us do. So it's a ridiculous notion to go, I'll only worship a God that agrees with me. It's a much better notion to go, I will trust a God who loves me. And my experience of God is that he's so patient with me as I wrestle with doubts and fears and guilt and he just keeps pouring out his grace into my life, giving me the desires and the powers that please him, that bring life. And that's what we want for you here, to trust God, to experience this grace from God, this welcome uh, into his family. Uh, we're going to sing No Longer Slaves. I'll invite the team to come up uh, now to get ready for that. Um, it, has this, um, it points to this, this, the time when Israel crossed the Red Sea. They were stuck. The Egyptian army were after them. God opened the ways of the Red Sea. They walked through and... Um, and then as the Egyptian army tried to pursue them, God closed the waters and, they all, and the Egyptian army drowned and Israel was delivered. The people of God were delivered. Uh, and it, it's, in a few lines, it just kind of paints that picture, but it does it in this way, and I think it's really helpful for us in, in what I've been talking about now. You split the sea so I could walk 
right through it. Um, which is, for me, this is how I view this when I sing this. This is what it means for me. Um, I, I want to get to that point where regardless of my doubts and fears and concerns and, and worries and, and guilt and whatever's stopping me, I want to get to that point where I can stand and sing, I'm a child of God. And God, you split the sea. That is everything that was in the way of that. It didn't, didn't make it go away, just piled it up on the sides. So I'm walking past it. Well, there it is. There's all my concerns and my doubts and my fears and my um, questions and my worries and my disagreements and my um, all. There it is. It's all there. But God, you split the sea so I could walk through it. And then you drown my fears in perfect love. You rescued me so I could stand and sing, I'm a child of God. That's grace. And that's why we're all welcome. You're welcome. We, you know, we have people here who have different opinions about everything. Really. And you know that. But this we agree on. Jesus Christ died for us. God loves us. He loves us. He makes a way for all of us to stand and sing, I am a child of God. And that's why you're welcome in this family. And that's why I'm welcome in this family. It's the only reason we're welcome in this family, but it's a reason that can never be shifted or taken from us. So I encourage you with me to stand and sing, I am a child of God.